And now, the time that MMA fans in the Trackstar universe have been waiting for. It's the MMA main card with your man, The Voice. Today, we're going to do some recaps of the UFC on Fox fight last week. And then talk a little bit about the last pay-per-view of the month, which is UFC 219 and the conference call that took place today regarding it. So, starting things off, UFC on Fox 26, RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos got the unanimous decision shutout over Robbie Lawler, the ruthless one. Man, don't know if you've seen the fight or not. So uh, if not, you probably want to stop listening because I'm giving spoilers. Round three, Rafael Sanyos had a 23-second unanswered strike moment. Now, granted, Robbie Lawler did a good job of slipping his head and, and catching them uh, on his elbows and on his hands, but still, he uh, he being RDA got through with some of those shots, and the fact that he was just throwing, 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 and Lawler did not respond just was not a good look. Now, in between rounds, Lawler did say that his knee was hurt. RDA was throwing a bunch of leg kicks too, though. So it's not a given that the injury was not inflicted by RDA. It puts me in the mind of when Tyron Woodley fought Carlos Condit, and he was throwing leg kicks as well. And Condit spun around and blew out his knee, and it was, oh, that was a freak accident. You know, he he, you know, spun around. Well, if he hadn't been kicking a man, he wouldn't have spun around. And, and blew out his knee. Who's to say that him turning around wasn't the reaction to getting caught with a good kick? So, but anyway, that, that's what it put me in mind of. RDA has definitely put himself at or near the top of the welterweight division. I mean, really at the top. He's now ranked number two by USC rankings. And the only person ahead of him is Wonderboy. And nobody wants to see Wonder Boy and Woodley fight again. The only way Wonder Boy could sniff a chance at the belt would be for him, or I should say, would be for Woodley to lose. As long as Woodley's the champion, Wonder Boy can hang that up. Um, as far as who RDA fights from here, I don't know. Things are so interesting in the welterweight division. Tyron Woodley had successful surgery on Thursday on his shoulder so he'll be rehabbing that he expects to be out about three months uh, with that rehab uh, and so that will put him ready to fight around March uh, April of 2018 so we'll see how things shake out like I said a lot of movers and shakers and the month is not over still or I should say um, there's still fights that will be happening in the welterweight division. And, yeah, it's not over, if I'm not mistaken, on the UFC 219 card. Yeah, 
you've got Carlos Condit taking on Neil Magny. So it's just, man, it's, it's so much stuff going on in the welterweight division right now. You got Kobe Covington making noise, uh, too much noise with his mouth. Needs to do more fighting. But he's coming up. Uh, Darren Till is making a name for himself. Santiago Ponzinibbio, which I'll talk about a little later on in this episode, is making major, major strides. Kamaru Usman will be fighting in January in St. Louis. So it's just so much stuff going on. Um, it, it's really, really difficult to to tell what's going to happen in the welterweight division. But it's very, very exciting. Another fighter who made his mark at UFC on Fox 26 was Josh Emmett. Told you all about my affinity for Team Alpha Male and how Emmett has been one of the main training partners for over the past decade at Team Alpha Male. So it's not like he's not used to fighting high-level, high-quality competition. What helps him as well is that there have been three different people within the Team Alpha Male camp that fought his opponent, none other than Ricardo Lamas. And I believe all three of them beat him. The only one who may not have beat him would be Danny Castillo. But off the top of my head, I can't remember. Um, But, you know, he came in uh, to this fight. It was a short notice fight. He'd been fighting at 155 pounds since being in the UFC. And he came in a little heavy for this. He apologized uh, immediately after the fight and said that it would never happen again. Uh, Lama said, hey, thanks for 30% of your pay. Uh, And you never know how things are going to turn out, especially when people come in heavy. Uh, You don't know whether that weight cut was so difficult and so draining that it's going to hurt them, hurt the fighter who couldn't make weight in the fight because it would cause them to be tired or if carrying that additional weight would be an advantage. Now, don't I can't say whether it was an advantage or not. All I know is that he knocked Lamas clean out quick KO in round one. So... And there was a lot of talk this week about taking short notice fights because Tim Elliott turned down his short notice fight due to, uh, I can't even think of his name, uh, but it was it's a newcomer. Last name starts with a P. I can't pronounce it, so that's why I don't want to uh, attempt it. But he turned down the fight because the guy came in overweight. And it makes sense. I'll say this, a number of the fights that I've seen this year, where the fighters come in overweight, the one who came in overweight is the one that had the advantage. So um, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of chatter about how to go about combating this, you know, maybe having more catchweight fights. I, I don't know, but something needs to happen when it comes to weight cutting because it is a huge, huge issue. The voices marquee matchup for the main card pit Ponzinibbio, Santiago Ponzinibbio against Mike Perry. And it lived up to my expectations. 
Ponzinibbio won two out of the three rounds, and it was an exciting back and forth battle the whole time. Now, this loss hurts Perry's record, yes, but it doesn't hurt his stock. He's still highly marketable. He's still very beloved. You very, very rarely hear people in the crowd chanting the name of a fighter. You, you, you just don't hear that. I think of even Conor McGregor. Well, they'll sing songs like there's only one Conor McGregor. But you, ju- you normally don't hear people chanting the name of a fighter. And that's what happened with Mike Perry. They went to the crowds. Perry, 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 Perry. So uh, kudos to him on that, as I was stating earlier uh, when talking about the the fortunes of, or I should say, uh, the current state of the 175-pound division. 170-pound division. Uh, I mentioned Santiago Ponzinibbio. He is due for uh, a big fight. He should be coming up in the ranks as well. He did a phenomenal job. He uh, took out Gunnar Nelson early this year, now taking out Mike Perry. Um, he's he's due for a real, real contender at 170 pounds. In the opening fight of the main card, Glover Teixeira turned back the hands of time by punching Misha Serkinov's clock and KOing him in the first round. The fight of the night had Julian Marquez who head kicked Phil Halls into deep unconsciousness on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. He submitted Danny Roberts in the second round of his fight and that was on the undercard. Uh, That was the fight of the night as well. And Julian Marquez is really doing a great job of marketing himself. He came in off of uh, that highlight reel knockoff, uh, a knockout, I should say, a knockout that was so phenomenal that it was on SportsCenter's top 10. I saw some of the promos before the fight. He's still working at, he being Julian Marquez, is still working at Top Golf in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, you know, he's still trying to live the everyday man's life and train and fight. You know, so he, he's doing some really, really good work for himself there. And instead of calling out a fighter, per se, after he won the fight, he called out. The welterweight champion Tyron Woodley uh, to a beard fight. Let's see who has the best beard. Genius. Genius. Set yourself apart by making call outs that make sense. Right now, who is there for him to fight that makes sense? This is his first fight in the UFC at 185 pounds, which is a lot of killers in that division. Why not call out uh, Tyron Woodley on a beard fight? Genius. The voices marking matchup for the undercard saw Chandler Priest TKO Galore Bufundo in round one. It was a very, very good fight, even though it was only a round. Uh, as I stated, Galore Bufundo is like perpetual motion 
when it comes to fighting, not just perpetual motion, but very erratic motion. Uh, he did that within this fight, caught Chad LaPreece, hurt him early with a lot of his awkward movement and different angles that he brings strikes from. Chad LaPreece said, okay, I got something for you. And he took him down to the ground and was able to take him out with uh, a TKO via ground and pound. Found his way to mount and just kept raining down the punches until the ref had to stop the fight. Alessio Di Chirico, that's how you pronounce the name, Di Chirico. That's what I heard them say on the broadcast, so I'm going to say what they said. He got a performance of the night bonus for standing knee uh, KO of Oluwale Bamboche. Hurts my heart because uh, Bamboche is, he, he's been fighting in the UFC for a couple of years now, really trying to get over the hump. He's only won a fight or two. Uh, the rest of them have been um, victories. And as of late, he's been getting starched. And that's not a good thing. Uh, he was on Twitter earlier today. Uh, or I should say yesterday on Thursday. He was on Twitter talking about how he's working a full-time job. And he's training. And how he needs to get um, get back in touch with God from a spiritual aspect and that things were really lacking there and before he even looks at fighting again he wants to get that vertical relationship right so I salute him kudos to you for that uh, that is the only relationship and the only thing that we can do that'll have an everlasting impact is our relationship with God closing things out Nordine Taleb picked up a performance of the night bonus with a head kick and follow-up strike KO of Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts in the first minute of round one. He said he wasn't even trying to throw it hard. It was just a, a feeling as far as that kick was concerned, but that totally put Danny Roberts out. He didn't even know he was knocked out and couldn't walk after the fact, but arguing with the ref because of the stoppage. Yeah, phenomenal knockout. UFC 219 takes place next week on the 30th of the month because it's still a week away and you just don't know what's going to happen between now and then so often someone gets scratched from the car due to a bad weight cut they got sick or who knows what happened that has happened uh, a week out a day out the day of the fight and actually the day of the fight like multiple times this year uh, I think of both Derek Lewis and um, the champion Amanda Nunez who both made weight and then didn't fight you know so it's way too early for me to start saying what my marquee matchups are I want to give it some time let things shake out and then I'll make those calls but we will talk about the fights that have been scheduled as the fight card was just finalized today. Champ Chris Cyborg is taking on Holly Holm for the women's featherweight title. So many different implications here. If uh, Cyborg beats the woman who beat Rousey, does that in turn mean that she's you know better than Rousey? I mean, she's better than Rousey whether she beats uh, <laughs> Holly Holm or not. 
And then if Holly Holm wins, is she now the legend killer? She took out two of the most dominant champions in women's MMA history. So it, it, there's a lot of, of different storylines and intrigue when it comes to that fight. You got Edson Barboza taking on Khabib Nurmagomedov, one of those fighters who this year pulled out the day before a fight. Um, but that fight will be taking place at Lightweight, and it has some implications. The winner of that fight very well could be in line for a title fight against the champion, the true champion, who is Tony Ferguson. McGregor's not the champion. He won a fight at lightweight, but he has not even attempted to defend the belt. And who knows whether he will or not again. My guess, uh, my uh, educated guess is that come International Fight Week next year, he'll be fighting GSP again. Um, if it comes to pass, you know your man, the voice is moving in the prophetic. And if it doesn't come to pass, these are just some, uh, it's something crazy that came to my mind. Either way it goes, we'll see how things work out. Not saying that I'm prophesying this at all. I'm just saying that um, that's what came to my mind. Anyway, next fight on that card, I should say the third fight on that card is John Lineker versus Jimmy Rivera. Oh, that's at Bantamweight and also has uh, quite a bit of title implications if Rivera can win. Lineker would not be in line for the belt because he has lost recently. Uh, But if Rivera can win, uh, he's undefeated in the UFC. I think he only had one loss in his professional career. And it just wouldn't make sense for him to do anything but fight um, for the championship. Cynthia Calvillo has been on a roll this year. This will be her fourth fight in the UFC this year, at least her third time fighting on a pay-per-view as well. I, I'm i not sure if her last fight was on pay-per-view or not, but I know the first two were, and then this one is as well. She's taking on the inaugural women's strawweight champion, in Carla Cookie Monster Esparza. Uh, to date, this will be Calvillo's greatest challenge, and I'm sure the Team Alpha Male product is up for the challenge. Carla Esparza is looking to regain her her standing in the division. Uh, she went through the Ultimate Fighter. She won the Ultimate Fighter. She beat Rose Nama Yunus for the belt. And Rose is the champion currently. But then after that, everything was downhill. Uh, so we will see how all of this works out and what it does for the Cookie Monster. The curtain jerker on the main card is former interim welterweight champion Carlos Condit returning from over a year's layoff, taking on the always active fighter, Neil Magny. On the prelims, you have Miguel Oli something Chuck, <laughs> some uh, Eastern European name. I totally butchered it. 
Uh, but look it up. He's fighting Khalil Roundtree. And that will be the Fox Sports 1 uh, main card fight, uh, for lack of a, a better term. It's the feature prelim, as they call it, on that portion of the card. You got Mark the Bone Crusher Casey taking on Dan the Dad Body Hooker. Uh, Rick Glenn, former WSOF champion and now Team Alpha Male product, is fighting Miles Jury, uh, who also hasn't fought that recently uh, either. Uh, Matthew uh, Nikolaou is going to be fighting Louis Smoker, and that fight will take place at 125 pounds. Smoker said recently that one of the main things he's done to change. Uh, change his fortunes as far as fighting was concerned because he's been on a losing streak is that he doesn't drink anymore so uh, bravo to him for that uh, sobriety is a serious thing and it definitely can impact a number of areas of people's lives and I suspect it could be very very detrimental for a fighter on the prelims as far as fight pass is concerned you've got Omari Akhmedov taking on Martin Vittori and to start things off, Mark De La Rosa versus Tim Elliott. There was a conference call on Thursday for UFC 219, and it hosted the champ, Chris Cyborg, and the challenger, Holly Holm. Uh, just giving some highlights of what I heard on the call, at least the things that stuck out, stuck out to me. Holly says she's aware that she can cement her legacy as a legend killer by taking out both Rousey and Cyborg, who, again, are the two most dominant women and dominant female champions in MMA history. Something that stood out to me because they asked her, uh, asked Cyborg on the card, how was this training cap going and how was her weight cut going? Because it's been documented thoroughly that Weight cutting is and can be very, very difficult for Cyborg when she was trying to fight at 140 pounds. Uh, you could see her writhing in agony and, and and crying, just bawling her eyes out, trying to get her weight down. She was having to run 10 miles a day just to try to get her weight down for the fight. It was it was extreme and it was something that should not be done, which is the reason why. She refuses to fight at that weight anymore and then uh, told the UFC the fight's going to have to take place at 145 pounds. She said that she normally walks around at 180 pounds. That's crazy. That's a lot of weight. So I can see why she was crying. She's cutting 40 pounds to get down to 140. Um, you know, so that extra five and 145 helps a lot. Now, she didn't stop training after the last fight. Rob Emerson, her nutritionist, stayed with her, helped her keep her weight in order. And she was walking around about 10 pounds lighter this go round. Uh, she also said she may show off more of her skills in this fight. She is a two time BJJ champ. She does have her brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. She can wrestle. She can do some other things. And we know that as far as ground game is concerned, that's an area of opportunity for Holly Holm. And Cyborg trains with one of the 
most proficient and outstanding grapplers in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and her best friend, Gabby Garcia, uh, who's also an MMA fighter, fighting some crazy uh, fight over in Japan on New Year's Day. But anyway, I digress. Closing things out, former Bellator featherweight champion Daniel Strauss had a motorcycle accident recently, and he is recovering. want to say that I am indeed praying for him. Um, haven't met him, but I did get a chance to see him gain his last title uh, in a victory over Patricio Pitbull here in St. Louis. It was a great, great fight. Um, I know from watching some of the backstory things leading up to that fight that he's a father and, you know, just someone who does his best to take care of his people, whether it be his teammates, his child, his family. You know, he's trying to do those things. And he has been plagued by injury for some years now and then very rarely fights so this doesn't help things at all as far as his career is concerned Uh, so just want to say that I am praying for Daniel Strauss to keep up with Trackstar Sports make sure that you're liking the Facebook page or you can join or I should say and or join the Debate Fuel Facebook group new content gets released on Anchor every single day except for Sunday. You can also follow us on uh, Twitter at DebateFuel and for all of my fight fans, you gotta follow us on Instagram. Whenever there's a UFC pay-per-view, your man The Voice will be on Instagram giving updates as far as the fight is concerned i don't know if i'm gonna go live on there or just post uh after each round probably just do after each round right now until uh, i know the the demand for it uh, if the demand is there then we can go live uh but you definitely want to follow us on instagram because when it's fight time oh it's going down it's going down Always as well, you can favorite our station on anchor.fm. And if you're just putting in the website, it's uh, slash track stars with a Z dash sports. You can also listen to our content on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. And then the Debate Fuel podcast comes out on Saturdays. You can watch it on Periscope on Saturday mornings and or wait for it to be posted on SoundCloud. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, TriStar Sports MMA correspondent, bringing you the MMA main card, and I'm sounding off.